Welcome to the Money Over 50 podcast, brought to you by Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue from Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. Welcome to Money Over 50. Today, we're here with a listener question. Uh, This one is from Linda. Linda, thanks for your question. Um, Michael, I'll hand over to you because you've actually done all the research on this, but essentially what we're looking at here is building a separate two-bedroom cottage on existing acreage to rent out. That's right. So, uh, thanks, Linda. Yeah, so the email came through from Linda. Uh, It starts off, Hello, Dallas and Michael. Thanks for your wonderful podcast. I like the way you just had to add that in there. Exclamation (laughs) point. You're welcome, Linda. (laughs) Uh, So, um, it goes on to say, for someone with $200,000 in cash, um, she she points out that they're five years away from retirement in their circumstance. Is investing some of this cash into a nice home extension, a cottage, um, which would allow for dual occupancy, uh, is it not a better option than putting that money into our superannuation funds, question mark? Uh, the cottage would provide an income stream over the next five years and also provide an income stream into the retirement years. The estimated the estimated gross rent that Linda uh, has worked off is $350 per week. Um so she, she asked another question, isn't $18,200 of rent or $350 a week in rent um, less any tax plus an additional value to the home of more value than $200,000 in super returning uh, an assumed rate of return of 8%, $16,000 per annum? Um, she goes on to say, I hope this all makes sense. And uh, would love if you can you can actually go through the the figures for a podcast. Many thanks, Linda. So thanks for your this thanks is, for your topic, Linda. I, I really like this one. This is I, I like these these listener questions that are. Um, I think this is something that we we it's obviously specific to Linda and their situation, but we see this a lot. This is something that you mm. that you do um, that we do see people. Um, normally have their, their sort of home as is one of their biggest assets, um, you know, where the majority of their net worth is tied up and it's – you get to the to the point where you're thinking about how to optimise everything, how to grow your position over, over that last five, ten years and this is an option as a way to you – know, how do we work this a bit harder and how do we, you know, use all of our available resources and, and so it's, you know – the specifics are a bit different, but this is a, a fairly common thing of people thinking, I'll put a granny flat on the house or I'll subdivide or I'll do something like that. And so it's a, it's a good a real-life case study that we can talk through that we'll be able to also go through in some of the more generic pros and cons of, of this approach. Yep. So I'll go through some other information. So Linda goes into um, – Series of emails went back and forth between myself and her after that. Yeah. So she she goes in to say that they're on the Sunshine Coast, they're on acreage. Um, she estimates the build cost would be closer to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars rather than two hundred thousand dollars. I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump. We're going to jump. Everything blows out. I'm going to say, whenever someone says I estimate that it costs closer to one hundred and fifty than two hundred, I assume two twenty. 
Yeah, so we've worked on two hundred. Yeah. I think I think um, you you want to you want to work on anytime you're building, you want to work on yeah. not everything going the way that you thought it would be. Yeah, would go. It's not it's an all smooth sailing, of course. Yeah. Um. So, Lenny goes on to mention that down the track, uh, if we wanted, these are exact words. Down the track, if we wanted, we could move into the smaller cottage. So they're thinking about building this two-bedroom cottage on the existing land. The larger house is separate to that. And then they could rent out the main house for, say, $600 per week. Um, Her other thoughts are that uh, they might rent the the larger house out to the family and move into the smaller cottage down the track. Um, I guess all of this part of it, I think, is a separate question. Yeah. And it's a separate. It, it's it's one of those things that it's very very hard to tie into. We we have to do the numbers, yeah. and then Linda, you'd have to actually make the. You'd have to make the. You'd have to weigh the lifestyle option around that. Mm. That could be good, because um, her 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 thoughts are if we had family living close by, in the larger house for some company and social time. Um, perhaps even some supporting care if required when in later years, it may delay actually going into aged care. Um, it's very, very hard to, to factor that all in yeah. at this point in time. So we've just looked at the the pure numbers of what would it cost to build, what would likely rent be, yeah. what are the pros and cons so of that because it's, it's a little bit hard to go into that. There's just so many variables well, at play there. I think the way to do it and, and sort of how you've broken it down, Michael, is to look at it as different um, in different frames. So if you look at over the next five years, ten years, what does that look like? Yep. In those early years of retirement, what does that look like? And then at that point in time, Obviously, we don't know those numbers, but we can. When we get to that point, as you've gone through this example, we can discuss some of the things to think about with with that. So, um, did you want to run through your? your yes, yeah, so I'll, I'll go through the numbers. So, so let's let's sum up again. What we're looking at here is Linda is considering on their existing acreage, which seems to be a reasonable yep. number of acres uh, on the Sunshine Coast, building a detached two bedroom cottage, uh, brand new. Uh, on the existing land and, and actually renting that out. So working on a a total investment of $200,000 and, and Linda does go on to say that they actually have that in cash, mm-hmm. which is good. Yep. So we've got that in cash. They'll come in. That's quite important because obviously being in cash, it's liquid at the moment. Yep. And it could actually go into superannuation to um, to – to potentially even claim as a tax deduction over yeah, the next few years as well. So, but if we look at if we look at the cost of the property, so you're getting a brand new property in this case for two hundred thousand dollars. I've worked on the on Linda's assumption of three hundred and fifty dollars a week for rent. I've used an average of forty nine weeks a year yeah. for rental, so th- missing three weeks a year in yeah. rent. Um, changeover between tenants. You also, I mean, a, a property is just never fully tenanted no, all the time. Yeah. So yeah, someone rents yeah. it for a few years. Yep. They move out. Um, it, it stays vacant, vacant for a couple, of months. For a couple yep. of months, and then someone else comes in there. Yep. So an average of weeks per per year, three hundred and fifty dollars a week in rent gives you seventeen thousand one hundred and fifty dollars uh, uh, of net rent uh, before we take into consideration the costs. 
Rates in water, I have no idea the extra rates in water yeah. that this would cost. Um, it would cost something, of course. You're adding toilets yeah. and and uh, that's a cost. I've assumed $500 for extra rates in water. I've, insure, I've, I've assumed $500 for insurance. Again, I feel that that cost would probably be more. more than it's that, a detached yeah. property. Yep. Um, I would think it's probably a lot more than that. Yeah. You have to insure the- be landlord's insurance. Landlord's so. insurance as well. Yeah. Um, I've assumed no real estate management fee. I've assumed that, that they'd manage it themselves being right there. I have allowed for advertising and miscellaneous of $500 yep. a year. Just to um, get someone yeah. Just to get someone in. That actually could go towards the insurance because yeah, yep. yeah, I think I've underquoted there. Yep. General maintenance every year, um, $500. So that would be calling in an electrician or a plumber. Yeah, you know, once a year. Obviously, that's that might be a little bit less in the early years when it's brand new, but it's always going to be something. Um, long term maintenance. Now, long term maintenance, I've got at four thousand three hundred dollars per year, and people would think that's a little bit high. Here's where I've come up with that figure: uh, a paint inside and out every fifteen years. Obviously, that's that's all done at the start, mm-hmm. so so you don't have to do that at the start. Yeah. Paint inside and out every 15 years. How long is a piece of string? I've allowed $30,000 for yeah. that amount. Uh, if we divide that as a per annum cost, that's $2,000 per annum mm-hmm. for paint inside and out. Replace split system air conditioners every 15 years. I'm acutely aware that that's how long that they, <laughs> they only last. <laughs> Haven't gone through that. Um, that's $12,000 every 15 years, $800 a year. And replace bathrooms, kitchen, floor coverings every twenty years, thirty thousand dollars. I've allowed for that, and that, and that's a fact. I and, mean, and this is this is a so for more details about this, and and before you, before anyone um, says, well, that's you know not how it works, whatever. If you go back and there's a podcast that we've done recently, um, uh, what was it called? Depreciation is a real expense, yes. and talking about the concept that these costs. Because they don't come out every year, you don't have to come up with $4,000 cash every year. It's easy mm. to forget that that's a real expense in that in that to keep this property in the condition in which it needs to be, you're going to have to outlay those. Those, those costs are going to come up at some stage. So whether it's 15 years or 20 years or 17 years or 12 years, we're just kind of coming up with, with a ballpark here. But I think that what you've sort of explained there, Michael, is, is trying, to, trying to show that there's – there is a real cost, whether you think it's slightly more or slightly less, mm. it's got to be in the ballpark of those figures, you'd think. So this is, this this part actually gets a little bit technical. So let's just go back over that. The, the holding costs, if we go back to saying we're going to paint this house every inside and out every 15 years, mm-hmm. $30,000, we're going to replace split systems, uh, air conditioners every 15 years, $12,000. And we're going to replace the bathroom, the kitchen, the floor coverings every twenty years. That's thirty thousand dollars every twenty years. All that comes, all of those costs on an annual basis come to four thousand three hundred dollars per annum. Mm-hmm. To be really, really fair here, I'm not going to have that cost come in from day one though, because we've got a brand new property over yeah. here. So I'm actually going to have that cost come in from year ten. Therefore, what I'm going to look at is my is I'm going to actually halve that $4,300 of, of cost uh, and I'm going to actually make that not $4,300 a year. I'm going to make that $2,150 per year. Yeah. 
over an average of 20 years yep. because those some of those costs aren't going to come in for 15 years. Some of those costs aren't going to come in for 20 years, yep. but they're going to come in. Yep. They're going to come in. So thinking of that another way is that every single year if you took $2,150 of the rent and allocated that into what they call a sinking fund, uh, a separate account, what would happen is that is that when these costs started to come in, such as paint inside and out in 15 years' time, uh, replace the split system in 15 years' time, you'd have the money in the sinking fund to do that. Uh, it would drop and then in 20 years' time you need to replace the bathrooms, the kitchen, the floor coverings, all those types of things. You'd have that money in that sinking fund and then it would be exhausted. And that would be by putting an average of $2,150 a year into that fund. So let's go through the costs again. Um, first of all, the income coming in, rent $350 per week times 49 weeks on average rented for the year, $17,150. I'm then going to go through my costs, rates and water. $500 is going to come off the rent for rates and water. $500 for insurance, $500 for advertising and miscellaneous, $500 for general maintenance, so it's having a plumber or a sparky come once a year. Uh, so on top of that, $2,150 we need to allocate for those longer-term expenses such as the paint, the replace the spit systems and the bathrooms. What we're at with the total cost coming off the rent there is $4,150. Uh, so $17,150 comes in, $4,150 goes out in those costs. By the way, uh, we'll make these figures available in spreadsheet format to anyone who emails in at uh, podcast at mo50.com.au. We'll, we'll email you the spreadsheet so you can go through these. Total cost $4,150. Now, what that does is it actually drops my rent from $17,150 after I've taken into consideration the cost, it drops it to $13,000 for the year. And this is the first thing that people we find don't often factor in. $13,000 of rent is $250 a week. So it's vastly different yeah, from the $350 a week yes. that, that, that when you, when you do your figures, you, people always think of the gross rental, yes. not the net rental. Yep. Um, so I think I've been, Fairly, yeah, I reckon. I think it'll be fair. I think you've I think been be fair. I think you've been very, very yeah. fair there. Um, we'll talk separately. Like I think when we look at the longer term perspective, I think you've probably been a bit lean there with those costs. As we yeah. said, you know, in twenty years' time, that's then a twenty-year-old property. So those those maintenance things are going to be a higher yearly amount if you because you're not, you know, you know, you're not. They're going to come around quicker. If yes. that makes sense. So, but for yeah, for like I guess for the next say 20, 30 years, if we look at that as that's uh, very fair, I'd say probably uh, uh, yeah, erring on the side of being a bit lean even. But um, I'll 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 let it slide and won't slide. jump in and, and can your 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 calculations. So now if we look at the return and we say okay, property we've got a two hundred thousand dollar property here. Then the the rental, the net rental after stripping out those costs is thirteen thousand dollars a year. And then we look at the capital growth of that. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna average that at two and a half percent. And why I'm gonna average that at two and a half percent is that's what uh, the Reserve Bank of Australia's targeted inflation rate is two and a half percent per year. Um, with property, a two bedroom cottage does not turn into a four bedroom cottage. 
because none of that rent is put back into the property to build yep. more and more. So generally, property over time grows with what inflation yes. grows yes. with, and that's all we can assume. So, so basically, a two and a half percent capital growth rate would be five thousand dollars for the year. So we have a two hundred thousand dollar property. It pays us uh, rent after those expenses of thirteen thousand dollars. It gives us two and a half percent capital growth on average. Um, uh, we're at $18,000 in total return. So if we compared putting that $200,000 into – now, when we say superannuation, and Linda uses that term superannuation, um, what we're implying here is that we actually invest that into um, a diversified group of the great companies of Australia and the world. So um, you spread that money out, not into the best companies, but into a broad group of companies. I mean, our, our – our ideal or our targeted rate of return is 8% per annum, yep. Dallas. Um, if you're able to get that 8% rate of return, then the $200,000 would return $16,000 yes. for that particular year. So the property in this example marginally beats it because it's yes, – it's, it's basically an $18,000 total return as compared to a $16,000 yep. total return. Yep. So um, – that's, so those are the numbers. Now, do you, do you want me to pull this to pieces, or are you going to do it? <laughs> well, my comment, the comments that I've made here. Um, so on these numbers, the property total return in the earlier years is marginally better than the super eighteen thousand dollars versus sixteen thousand uh, dollars. This would diminish as the property ages. Yeah. So that's that's the point I was I was just yep. making before. Um, sorry, I'm just you you go through. Yep. I'll just jump in as I think of things. Uh, that that's exactly the. As I was saying there, you've you've reduced those maintenance costs. You've basically halved them for the yep. first in the early stages. Whereas in twenty years' time, they would go back to to slightly to to that more averaged out figure because you've yes. got a twenty year old property versus a brand new property. So, that's right. So that's kind of what you're saying is that 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 total return, if you look at that as you know, that ma- that maintenance cost goes up. On average, by a couple of thousand dollars a year, that's yeah. kind of the difference. So, if in twenty years' time you're looking at it, you'd basically say, well, instead of getting that eighteen thousand dollar total return, it's probably closer to sixteen after that little that, bit of increase. That's right. Maintenance. Yeah, yeah. So you're back to about square as that property ages. Uh, one of the pluses is that Linda already owns the land. So, if you had to say um, pay two hundred thousand dollars to for to buy a block of land and then put a two hundred thousand dollar property on that. Yeah. Uh, it would lose out uh, considerably to the to the yeah. super super to the super option because you would have four hundred thousand dollars yeah, to the go on the, the opportunity super cost is much higher. You've got more money tied yeah. up in there, um, um, not working for you. So the fact that Linda actually owns the land uh, is is a plus, and it and it makes the numbers work better than it would much better than it would if you actually didn't own the land. Mm-hmm. Uh, liquidity is an issue with the property. So if I want extra money, I can't sell the bathroom. I have to sell the whole property if I want extra money. It'll only pay me the $13,000 a year in net rental. Yeah, so if I, need, if I need more than that $13,000 in net rental, so for example, when, you, when you're retired, if in a year you need more than that, um, if that money was invested in super, you could just take that bit extra out, whereas having that money tied up in that, in that cottage, you can't do that. You can't get more than your thirteen. Yes. Yeah. Uh, risk is an issue with the property as well because 
really it's one property in one geographical location. Um, comparatively, you could you could own you know seventeen hundred dollars, uh, seven seventeen hundred of the world's best companies, but the world's best and most diversified companies with the the superannuation option. The um, the other issue that I see there as as a risk factor or something to take into account is that. When you look at, um, and I guess it ties into liquidity a bit, if you've got a property that is just you know one family home on that, that becomes that's a pretty easy sell. There's a, there's a lot of people looking for something like that. Whereas mm. when you add on something like this, there are some people who there are going to always be some people who are looking for a property like this, but your pool of buyers is much smaller. So mm. it's probably going to either. A, you're going to have to take a bit of a discount when you go to sell it if, you, if you're in a bit of a hurry. Um, and, and that's kind of ties in, as you're saying. You, what you really need then is when you go to sell this property, you're going to need someone who wants this exact type of property with that house and that cottage in that exact location compared to just someone who wants a house in that location. Yep. Uh, and that's where you, you risk and – it, and it's funny because that, that word is not what people would normally associate with property, but it yeah. is just a thing where you're making this more of a niche – uh, mm. asset and and you're reducing the amount of people that that will want that exact asset at the point in time that you go to sell it. Yep. The other thing that uh, we haven't factored in because we just don't know Linda's situation is that is that um, that two hundred thousand dollars could potentially, if it does go into superannuation, be claimed as a tax be claimed deduction. as a tax deduction. Yep. As uh, so so, of course, if you put two hundred thousand dollars in. Uh, straight away between a couple, a husband and a wife, you wouldn't be able to claim all of that money as a tax deduction, even using the carry forward concessional contributions. No. Um, however, some portion of it. Some portion of it, yeah, you would that, be able to potentially. Yeah. So what we've what we've sort of compared there is if you just put the two hundred thousand in completely as an after tax contribution, you 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 only got. Um, you, you don't get any of that tax advantage on the way in. You just yeah. get that that return within there. Yeah, that's that, that's correct. So, um, so I, I guess to use an example, if if uh, Linda yourself and your husband uh, had only ten thousand dollars of employer contributions going in to your superannuation fund over the last three financial years, um, and and you hadn't been actually making contributions into your super fund, I think, well, it's probably not fair to assume anything, but, but let's let's. No, just, but I, I like, think because you, um, and this will, like I say, a bit of guesswork, Linda has mentioned is, you know, the rent less any tax. So I'm assuming yeah. that they've got, they must have, um, they must have some tax income. There's obviously, they're looking for tax deductions. So yeah. in that case, if you've got an extra $15,000 a year that you could be putting into super and claiming as a tax deduction, yep. you could carry forward that three years. Again, assuming here that it's Linda and her husband, they could both put forty five thousand each into super and claim a full tax. In this, in this, in this particular, in the, using in this, that example, yeah. in this particular yeah. year, yeah. which is two thousand and twenty twenty one, yeah. um, and then from two thousand twenty one twenty two, yeah. you could actually, tr- you could, yeah, you, know, you could trickle in fifteen thousand dollars every year. Every forward. year, now you, you might say there's an opportunity cost because you've got two hundred thousand dollars sitting in cash that whole time. Um, you can actually invest that money. You can replicate the investment strategy 
uh, if you want to trickle money into super and, and get yeah. the best tax deduction over the next five years of, of yeah. your working life. You could invest that money outside of You can invest super. that money in an, then- an identical investment, so spread across in this example, the, the great companies of Australia and the world, yeah. um, and you can you can pull money out, $15,000 each, yeah. each year, um, and put that into super. I mean, you do bring into play uh, potential capital gains tax issues by taking yeah. $15,000 out. Yeah. Uh, however, generally speaking, the that's minimal comparatively to the fact that you're putting that money into super, yeah. claiming at, at say a thirty four and a half percent tax rate or tax deduction on the way into super and paying only fifteen percent tax so that, from so the that's super a, fund. So that's that's potentially another way to look at that. It's, um, it's um, again, it's all guesswork and assumptions. But if you thought of it as if that's an option for Linda and, and her husband, then that two hundred thousand dollars. What you effectively do is they could, if they could contribute that into super over the next five years, their working life, so they're five years out from retirement. If you assume that they can get all of that into super and claim a tax deduction on that, they basically get a 35% tax deduction. They pay a 15% contributions tax. They're picking up an extra 20% return on that. Yep. So it's like they get $240,000 invested for the, for the, Mm. Yeah, for the cost of two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. So that's sort of how I'd I'd think of it is if that is if that is possible to them, that's then how you need to redo that calculation is that you're comparing a two hundred thousand dollar property versus actually getting two hundred and forty thousand dollars into super once you take into account the, the extra mm. tax refunds that you get, which then if that's a possibility, it skews the numbers back in the direction of putting that money into super. Mm. So they're the figures. So um, I guess so. Now, now I've been sitting here very patiently, and I I haven't even been saying yes as we go along because I notice that I do that in podcasts. And it's very annoying. So, apologies <laughs> to the listeners. But uh, some of the thoughts that I that I have around this are that um, this is to me um, for, and this is I guess why it's an interesting example because this is. This is the absolute best case of if this situation was, um, you know, we see a lot of these people going to do an extension or going to build a little something or subdivide or whatever. If uh, Linda seems to be in the perfect situation to make this happen and even in the perfect situation, the numbers are only marginally, marginally better in the early years and then and then they basically swap across to being about the same situation in, in sort of 10 years and beyond. So you're, you're, you're better off to the tune of about $2,000 a year by doing this and that's assuming you everything goes exactly right. Mm. You have no issues with tenants, you have no issues with maintenance, you have no issues with that. It's assuming that when you go to sell the property, you can find the buyer that you need. It assumes that you know that you do get that growth each year. Uh, it assumes all those sorts of things. The question you then got to ask yourself is: for the sake of two thousand dollars a year, do I want the headaches? Mm. And I, I don't know. It, it depends on uh, different people will value different things. But for me personally. If someone said you can put this two hundred thousand dollars into super and get sixteen thousand dollars a year, or you can deal with um, you know building and council permits and all these sorts yeah. of things, and having a tenant and having to share your property with someone else is the other mm. thing. Having to have someone live next door that's a stranger that you're charging rent for, and then they're not paying their rent. Or so you can have all of that, all those headaches, and you're going to be better off to the tune of two thousand dollars a year. I think I'd rather just look for the look for the extra return somewhere else. Well. 
what I what I I mean I can speak for myself as well, Dale. So when I when I retire, um, what I want the ability to do is travel the world and not have to worry about tenants moving in or yeah. plumbers coming and going and all that sort of stuff. I want to actually I want to outsource the worry to the seventeen hundred CEOs <laughs> of, 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 of yes. the best companies of yeah. in Australia and the world yeah. and just go. Yeah. And just not worry about that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, Linda, you mentioned other uh, possible pluses, and if and if all of that pan out, if if you know family members, so you got four children. Um, Linda's gone on to say that you got four children. So, I mean, if it did pan out, there could be very good reasons to do this, which would be if it did suit them, one of your children and their families to move into the larger house down the track and then you moved into the two-bedroom cottage, then it, yeah. then, it, then it certainly could work out at that point in time. So there's other reasons that you yeah, may do this. The, um, that is, sorry, Michael, a, a, a good point that I forgot to that I forgot to make that I was going to touch on there, which is that I, would, I wouldn't, if it was me, I wouldn't be inclined to do this now because I'm going to be $2,000 better off. Mm. So it's about the same really um, over the course of the next five years. And for the next five years while you're working, while you're working, you probably don't want the headaches because you've got a job and you've yeah. got things to focus on. In the early years of retirement, <laughs> you probably still don't want the headaches because you want to be able to travel and just up and go and do all that sort of thing. Now, if in 20 years' time, you then it, it then did make sense to do that, what, what I would be inclined to do is just build the thing then in 20 years' time. That, that's a good point I think you make there, Dallas, because um, because – a lot of what Linda had mentioned in the email was was things that might work out in twenty years' time. So, yeah. so you're right. Um, you could delay it for that twenty years. You could put the money to use in your superannuation fund. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 neither here nor there in terms of of you've got a lot less worry. Yeah. Um, yep. Uh, when we look at the numbers, eighteen thousand dollars of of you know, assumed return with the property versus sixteen thousand dollars a year with the super option. Um, that's neither here nor there. That's not going to make a big difference over that period of time. Yeah. So you could wait that period of time and and then if one of your children and their families does want to move into the bigger house at that point in time, then you can actually build the the you know, the property this, at that point in this time. This gets into one of your favourite things to do, Michael, which is siloing money and, and allocating <laughs> that money for that. So, you know, you don't actually need to do this, but if you really – you could actually have a separate superannuation account, mm. which is you put the $200,000 in and you could say, we're going to pull the thirteen the $13,000 of rental income, which is what we were sort of expecting anyway. Yep. We're going to pull that out every year and we're going to live on that and the rest of it, we're just going to let that grow mm. and we're going to let that um, do its thing so that then if in 20 years' time we do decide to do that, we've got that cash sitting right there. We don't have to mm. worry about going and buying. We don't have to do anything like that. So... That's that's sort of what you what I think you're talking about is that when it when that money goes in with the rest of your super money, it can kind of just become an amorphous blob of retirement savings. Mm. Whereas if you were to say, right, we want we do want that. We think that in twenty years' time, one of our four kids will want to move into our home, and we all want to move in there, and then we can you know have family close by, have that support, and that will extend the time before we have to go into aged care. You can do all that. I would just rather than actually build it and then have to have to have it sitting there for twenty years and have the tenants and have the maintenance and have all the headaches, have that money sitting in a different account and just have that earmarked as right. We know we've got that ready to go. 
Yeah, look, it's a good point because you can take advantage of the diversification then you can take advantage of the tax deductions yeah. on yeah. the way in, yeah. assuming that you're not maxing out you know, is- your, your, your contributions to super now. You can take advantage of the liquidity. Yep. You can take advantage of all of those things yep. right now and still allow yourself the option. And, and it gives you time also yeah. to see, you know, you've, um, the way that uh, I guess working life is now – very rarely do you find adult children that um, you know perhaps stay in that one city forever. Yeah. So potentially speaking, your kids could end up all over. And I, and I don't know how old your children are, and I don't know if you have grandchildren. But like what we have seen in the past is that people um, uh, with their adult children they move to different parts of Australia, mm. and uh, all of a sudden. They don't want to. The, the the retirees don't actually want to be in that yeah. geographical region anymore. <laughs> they won't actually yeah. want to be where the grandkids are. Yes, and so it, it's it's a funny one. Like we see we see people in reti- in in retirement actually moving yes. to be closer to where their grandkids are. Well, and the um, thing about it is, you just you for the sake of if you think of that, even if you even if you assume that you are two thousand dollars. Uh, better off per year, which, like I said, I think you've probably been a bit lean there, and so over the long term, it probably isn't quite like that. Mm. I'd think of that as an in, as I'd be willing to pay two thousand dollars a year to have that have the optionality up my sleeve, so that I know that if in five years' time, or ten years' time, uh, or fifteen years' time, both uh, there's a few different things that could change at that point in time. Number one is obviously the you know your personal situation, so anything could happen health wise or or. Um, in what you actually want to do in retirement <coughs> that um, changes whether that's feasible or not. Uh, as you just touched on then, your kids and their situation and what they actually uh, are doing could also be very different and so you, you sort of want to leave your options up your, mm-hmm. available there. The other big one is legislation. So we're sort of talking about, uh, and that's kind of what you, I think you touched on that before around aged care. It's very hard to make decisions around what's best for you in terms of mm. aged care um, or age pension or any of those sorts of things. Uh, or even when it comes to things like tax planning, you know, we haven't even touched on the fact that there's then capital gains tax liability on the sale of this portion of your property and the rest of it. Mm. We just don't know what the rules or what the legislation will look like in 20 years' time and whether it will still be the best thing to do to structure things in this way. So, whereas we know that we can get that money into superannuation, we know that we can get a concessionally tax return on it now and then move it into account, pay no tax on the earnings, pay no tax on the income we draw out. Mm. And then in 20 years' time, if we worked out that, yes, the aged care rules are such that um, it makes sense to do that, we just take the money out tax-free and do it then. But we've, we've bought ourselves another 20 years before mm. we have to make that decision. And, and you know, we see it every year. Every year there's a new new rule for superannuation or for aged care or for aged pension or something that changes the landscape of how things should be done. Over 20 years, there's going to be, you know, 20 changes. Mm. And so we just – it's really hard to make those decisions now around aged care this far in advance. Yeah, so – Good point to make. It's a great point that you made there, Dallas. I think, um, and we, I mean, we tell people to stress test things, don't we? Like yeah. Usually, so this yep. the superannuation option gives you the chance to stress test um, the fact that you still want to do this, and then and then a family member might move into the larger house, yep. and then you might move into the two bedroom house. So yep. it gives you that option to stress test that. Yeah. Um, interesting that you say that because one of the ideas of something that you could do there is. Um, 
you could I've seen this I know we're just talking to Airbnbs Nick and I last night for for a trip away uh, this year you could potentially do something like put a caravan there and have someone come and Airbnb it for a week and if after a week you go geez I hated sharing our property with someone else you go we definitely don't want someone there long term or you know someone comes and someone comes and stays with you for a week it all those things where if you then decide you're going to get done, you, you did think that it still made sense for you financially. Mm. There are many, many things that I would do to test this and to trial it before you break ground on building and spending 200 mm. grand. And those are, you know, sort of joking ideas, but it's not that crazy to just go, well, have someone come and stay with you for a week in a caravan or something that's completely separate from the house and go, well, does it actually really annoy us to have to worry about someone else on the property? Because yep. what you don't want to do is spend the $200,000 and have this white elephant that either A, no one wants to rent for $350 a week mm. or B, you don't actually want them there and it's and it's more of a burden and you've just created a burden for yourself that you didn't need to when uh, there are sort of those simple options that are stack up financially much the same. Thanks for your question, Linda. Um, it, was a, it was a good one. We enjoyed this one. one. Yeah. So keep them coming so you can email through any topic or question that you have or anything that you might like us to cover to podcast at mo50.com.au. Uh, additionally, if you want to see the calculations for this, um, feel free to email us as well and we'll be only too happy to pass on the spreadsheet of calculations. Uh, that's podcast at mo50.com.au. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.